seed and the good soil are those with a praiseworthy and good heart, who have heard the word and hold it fast, and bear fruit with patient endurance. Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. Last week, we considered the parable of the unjust steward or the shrewd steward. The Messiah praises because he finally did what he was supposed to do all along, and that was treat people fairly, honestly, and with loving kindness. But as we learned from that parable, we cannot serve two masters. We cannot long for the things of this world and serve the purposes of the Lord. We can use that which the Lord provides in this world to do his business, to be about his business. Friends, welcome to Messiah and Life. In this episode, we consider the parable of the hearers, often called the parable of the sower, and we'll consider uh, why it should be perhaps the parable of the hearers in just a moment. So we'll read from Luke chapter 8 today and to read the parable and to read the explanation of the parable that the Messiah gives to the disciples. And many years ago, this particular parable inspired me as I was working with a couple of uh, brothers in Kenya and East Africa to establish a school of ministry. And the school of ministry was specifically established to reach rural pastors, those who could not afford to go to the larger cities and to the universities or the larger Bible colleges there. We were hoping to um, bring a well-balanced, full Bible college curriculum right in the heart of East Africa to Kenya, Nyanza, the Lake District. And we actually had people, men and women, coming from all over Kenya, from Uganda, from Tanzania, and I'm blessed to say 12 years later, the school is still going strong. And the name of that school is the Sowers School of Ministry. And my heart to, uh, in my heart, I was led to call it that in order to focus in on what we are to do as, as ministers of the gospel, how we learn, how we open our heart, how we prepare our heart to receive the word and to bring forth fruit from that. And it was that prayer that that the pastors would be fruitful in their endeavor as they were ministering the gospel in places that many Westerners and other people who were coming in from around the world to minister could not reach, but they in their homeland, in their home territories, would be able to reach those who were hearing with the message of the gospel. So, kind of a connection story to this parable and what it's meant to me over the years. And now every time I read the parable of the sower, I think of 
the Sower School of Ministry, my time there over three different seasons, teaching in the classroom, graduating students, seeing students continued, uh, continue to be graduated from there and going off into further seminary training and also ministry endeavors that are a great blessing to perhaps hundreds of thousands of people uh, in East Africa. So, such a joy and a blessing to be part of that. We'll read in Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 4. And I'm going to read a lengthy section because I don't want to leave the explanation that Messiah gives to the disciples out for purposes of brevity. I mean, this is a podcast. I can go as long as I want, but <laughs> I want to make sure that we have the full picture of what Messiah is saying. So, we'll pick up in verse 4. And when a large crowd was gathered, and those from various towns were traveling to him, he spoke by means of a parable. The sower went out to spread his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road and was trampled, and the birds of the air ate it up. The other, and other seed fell on the rock, and when it came up, the seed with withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. The other seed fell on good soil, and when it came up, it produced fruit a hundredfold. While saying these things, he would call out, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Now his disciples were asking him what this parable meant. Then Yeshua said to them, To you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but to others it is given in parable, in order that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those beside the road are the ones who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, so they may not believe and be saved. But those on the rocky places are the ones who, when they hear, accept the word with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a season, and in a time of testing, fall away. Now that which fell in the thorns are those who are hearing. But as they go along the way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and they do not bear much mature fruit. But the seed and the good soil are those with a praiseworthy and good heart who have heard the word and hold it fast, bearing fruit with patient endurance. So as we've considered, this parable might more um, might be a little bit more clear if we if we call it the parable of the hearers. Now, of course, we understand that the Messiah is the sower, and we'll consider that in just a moment. But the parable of the hearers, the reality is that it focuses on the response of the hearer to what the preacher, the sower, is saying. So, the basic elements of the parable, we might say, are easily identifiable. The sower is the preacher, and in this situation, it's Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. The seed, of course, is the word of God. The places to which the seed is sown are four different types of hearers. Now, the audience, of course, within an agrarian society would easily understand the elements of the parable due to their, let's say, the understanding of the need for good seed, good land, moisture, and then, of course, issues regarding thorns and stones. I happen to live... 
on a beautiful mountainside that grows rocks. Uh, perhaps the best rocks in the world are grown right here where we used to garden for many years, and now we actually garden above ground to avoid the rocks that seem to grow with each passing year. So the missing link between hearing and understanding seems to be in the interpretive meaning of the four types that are used. Specifically, how did Yeshua define the four types? Well, within Hebraic thought, and often we find in teaching models, the use of four is common. Some of you may be familiar with the four sons from the Seder or the four questions, the four cups, and so on. Four is used quite often, and we find four characteristics of a disciple that are being described here. Those that are hearing, those to where the seed is being sown, but what happens? Well, one hearer is quick to learn, but quick to lose. So, his gain is actually canceled by his loss. Another, the second uh, hearer is slow to learn and slow to lose, and his loss is canceled by his gain. The third type is quick to learn and slow to lose, and this is a a good portion. And slow to learn and quick to lose, this is an evil portion. And we learn this from the Babylonian Talmud, uh, vote 515, is how the rabbis look at the different types of hearers and disciples. Now, the rabbis would also say, with a generous sense of humor, I would say, uh, they often compared disciples to four common utensils, household utensils that people would be very familiar with. And we read this from Avot 518. There are four qualities among those who sit at the feet of the sages. They are like a sponge, a funnel, a strainer, or a sieve. The sponge soaks up everything. A funnel takes it in at one end and lets it out at the other. A strainer lets the wine pass through but retains the lees. A sieve lets out the bran and retains the fine flour. So, in Luke's account of the parable of the sower, we do find um, what we would understand to be Hebrew parallelisms. Now, Adele Berlin describes Hebrew parallelisms in this way that they promote the perception of a relationship between the elements of which the parallelism is compared. So, we find four positives, the sowing of the word. We find three negatives. Uh, we find the, the path soil, which is not very deep. We find the rock soil and the thorn soil. But then the final is the reversal, the good soil. So, we have a reversal to the negative soil types, and that is the good soil. So, what specifically is the good soil about? We'll get that to that in just a moment. Many early Christian teachers do, perhaps, to the difficulty of the, uh, we might say, due to the difficulty of the disciples' understanding as they're questioning, what does this mean? They believe that the parable of the sower or the parable of the hearer should be understood allegorically, that is, it hinted at a deeper or mysterious truth. Now, parables are not to be taken out of the context in which they're given. As an example of how this was understood, Clement 
taught that this parable reveals the truth of the future resurrection, while others believe that it um, you know, contains some hidden mysteries about God. But the reality is that Messiah was a very practical teacher. We see time and time again him using illustrations from the life of his audience, from those who were listening to him. He used imagery, he used symbols, he used uh, the countryside, he used the religious structure, he used things that people were intimately familiar with. And although they might not fully understand what he is saying, they can relate to the picture that's being drawn. And perhaps over time and meditation, or as people reveal to them the truth of what he was saying, the picture comes alive to them. So, he was a very practical teacher, and he desired people to understand and implement what he taught. But as he said, for some, they just were not in a place to receive it. Perhaps that was the religious teachers that were listening. They were in a place that was fixated on their own interpretive methods, their own understanding of the scriptures, their own understanding of the Torah, and they were not inclined to listen to the words of this uh, this rabbi from the Galilee that was uh, causing them com- some consternation for sure. But Jesus, Yeshua, did not hide his message. It was up to us to receive it. It was us to have the ear, up to us to have the ears to hear it. And he knew how to speak it in such a way that those who were used to, let's say, intellectual gymnastics regarding their theological process would probably not get it. It was so pedestrian, it was so common as to be lost in the complexity of theological philosophy or what have you. So, Jesus is calling upon his audience, his hearers to make a life-changing decision. Again, as we've said from the beginning of this parable series, he's demanding a response. He wants those that are listening to respond, to do something. So, when we think of the farmers, those who are in agriculture, most everybody was a farmer of some sort. You had to um, grow your own food and, and, and supply your own need and that sort of thing. So, especially those who were crop farmers, those who were specializing in crops, of course, were concerned with the condition of the soil. Is the soil well prepared to receive the seed and bring forth fruit? And over the years of gardening, gardening, when we had a very large garden, we would make sure that the soil was prepared for the specific type of seed, the specific type of plant, the vegetable plant that was that was being introduced there. And for some plants, our natural uh, acidic soil was very well suited to it. But in other instances, we had to kind of sweeten the soil for what was being planted there. So we had to pay attention. So, the soil in this parable represents the heart of man. So, all three negative soil types, the shallow path soil, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, it can be cultivated to be good soil. It just requires attention. It requires work, a breaking up of the soil, nutrient-rich soil added to it, and so on. It had to be conditioned, but it took attention. It took dedication. It took work. So, the condition of the soil of the heart depends largely on what the individual's primary focus is. If someone desires to grow in their relationship with the Lord, but they're focused on 
on money and success according to how the world would define it, they're not going to receive the seed that will bring forth spiritual fruit because of the condition of their heart. Uh, Hillel the Elder, we read this story in the Talmud, it says that he would stand at the gate of Jerusalem as people were going to work. And he'd ask them, for how much are you working today? And this one would say for a denarius, another one would say for two denarii. He asked them, what do you do with this money? And they answered, we will provide for the necessities of life. And he said to them, why do you not come with me and gain knowledge of Torah, knowledge of the law, so that you may gain life in this world and life in the world to come? In this way, Hillel used to act during all his life until he brought them under the wings of heaven. So, to properly understand the parable of the hearers, the parable of the sower, we have to consider seriously the importance of Torah learning set within that cultural context. Messiah is stressing not only the importance of Torah learning, learning the Word of God, but also practical discipleship. And in practical discipleship, that's where we change the condition of the heart. We break up the soil, we add rich nutrients to it, and we prepare for the seed that will be sown and the fruit that will be brought forth. This is practical discipleship. So, in our parable, three of the four types of people who received, it said that they heard. They heard. They heard the words of the Messiah, but only one heard and obeyed. Only one heard and brought forth fruit. So, as we understand the words of Yeshua, hearing alone produces no good fruit. And the word must be heard, it must be obeyed. As Paul writes, for not the hearers of the law are justified in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. Romans 2.13. James uh, writes this, which causes a great deal of discussion among many people, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So, Messiah is teaching us of the potential harvest that comes from hearing and obeying, hearing and doing, the fruit that will come forth from that. The word of God in our lives will bring forth fruit, not only when we hear it, but most importantly, when we walk it out and when we do it. It could be said that this is a parable of harvest, of a preparation for harvest. It's a way of preparing the harvest laborers. It's a prepare, it's a, it's a parable of preparing those who are sowing the word, those who will harvest and those who are called by the Lord of the harvest to the harvest fields. So as we receive the seed that is being sown by the sower, we need to consider it carefully against the reality of our life as evidenced through our actions. We need to look, as James said, into that perfect law of liberty, into that mirror. Because when we look in, into the Word of God, I think it's uh, a number of people have said variations of this. 
Uh, I'm thinking of Tim Keller. I think C.S. Lewis said something similar to this, but that the, the word of, as much as you read the word of God, the word of God reads you. Many variations of that idea. So when we look into the word of God, it'll read us. And it will allow us to see where we need adjustment, where we still need nutrient-rich material added to our heart to break up that that um, the stoniness, to break up the um, the thorns and the thistles, to to be able to push through that and and not allow the circumstances of life to to kill off the word of God. So when we receive the seed of the word. We must break up water and cultivate the areas of our heart that are still shallow, that are still um, stony, and that are still thorny. I think when we look at ourselves, we know that there are certain areas in faith that we wrestle with that might be considered shallow. We need a little bit more depth in that area. Uh, We're a little bit stony when it comes to this, so we need more, more, more soil added. Or we might be a little thorny, a little prickly, and we need to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to pull those thorns out. So a good, well-worked heart that receives the word with joy is really all that's needed for a miraculous harvest. And it all comes from this tiny seed. So my friends, we will be blessed with fruit when we hear the parables and the teachings of Messiah and walk in obedience according to the word of God. It's difficult in this day and age, but guess what? It's been difficult in every day and age. <laughs> it's no more difficult to walk out the word of God now than it was at any other point in history. So we cannot use that as an excuse. It's too hard now. No, we've said that for 2000 years, for 4,000 years, we've said that. We can't rely on that type of an excuse. So, when we understand that learning the Word of God is something that is highly um, esteemed by Messiah, it's part of his teaching and part of how we understand him teaching, but every one of us, we each must make a decision. We must understand that the enemy wants to take that seed away from us. He wants to take the joy away from us. He wants to steal and destroy. He wants to turn us away from doers of the word to hearers only deceiving ourselves. So others will find themselves in circumstances where the circumstance does not want the seed to take root in their heart. Others will be entangled by the broader cares of the world and and looking like the society around them. But it all comes back to the condition of the soil. And the Lord will condition our soil. He knows what to add to our life that will make the soil of our heart nutrient-rich to bring forth abundant fruit for His glory. It's easy to see others in these different types, right? We can look at the different types and see others there. We can even see those who are bringing forth fruit. We can look at all of them and say, yes, that's... But when we receive it, as we receive it, We need to allow it to work in our heart. We need the nutrients to bring forth the fruit. We need that work of the Holy Spirit, the love of Messiah, the master, the teacher. He will challenge you. I think all of us recognize that the the words of Messiah challenge us daily. And for those who are outside of this milieu, this family of God, the body of Christ, the body of Messiah, Messiah, 
It makes them mad. But the love of the Messiah will challenge us to receive his word with a good and well-prepared heart. Yes, he'll start with small things, and eventually he will give us so much seed that produces so much fruit because our, the soil of our heart is so well prepared that he knows that it will bring forth an abundance to bless those who are around us. So we each need to hear, we each need to act upon, we need to meditate on and bring forth. And that action, the word of God will nourish our body to do The Word of God will nourish our heart and break up the soil of our heart to bring forth fruit. And the words of the teaching of our Messiah will produce in us the good fruit that blesses people with abundance in times of famine. So we incline our ear, but we also incline our hearts and our hands and our legs. We incline to listen but then we get up to go and do. So, beloved friends, wherever you might be, obey. Obey him. Hear him. Obey him. And bring forth a hundredfold harvest for his glory. Allow him to multiply that fruit. Allow him to multiply his word in your life. And you will see people who are coming to the field of your life, the influence of your life, And they will be blessed from it, and they will take it to a different field, and they will bless others. So I hope and pray that each of us continue to cultivate our attention, cultivate our hearing, and in that we do, and in the doing, we glorify Him. And we know that no matter the circumstance, the enemy cannot come in and steal our joy and steal the eternal fruit that we bring forth to the glory of the Father in heaven. So I hope and pray that no matter where you are, that you received something of blessing from this today, that there was some seed sown from the words of Jesus, the words of Yeshua that enter into your heart. Yes, he is, I'm sure, working on different areas of your heart, just as he's working on different areas of my heart. But glory to God through the Holy Spirit and the faithfulness of the Father. He will not leave those areas untended, uncultivated, he will prepare them to bring forth fruit in unexpected ways so that he receives the glory alone. Amen. So no matter where you are, I hope and pray that you see the Lord's blessing around you today. And as always, I close with Yeshua, may the Lord bless and keep you this day and every day in the mighty name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. Thank you for listening. We will conclude the parable series next in the next podcast. And I hope and pray that you return. Hey, and you even maybe tell someone about it. So until then, may the Lord bless and keep you. Amen. Amen. Amen.